Good morning. You know, some people say we're worship heavy. I'll wait till heaven. You know, and God doesn't want his believers and his children just to like go through worship and have five or six excited people. The more we know him, the more we'll want to worship. The reason why there's worship in heaven is not because they're told, is because they see things about him that we don't see on earth. Paul says we will know him as we are known. We're fully known now. We partially know him later. We partially know him. As much as you know Jesus, there's another depth. As much as you think you know Jesus, there's another depth. There's more. It's like the grains of the sand, and we just focus on one sand and all the grains of the So when we get to heaven, we see glimpses of him. So I'm encouraging you that we're going deeper into worship. I don't know if you've noticed. We're going more into worship. And I'm not saying we're going to cut out preaching. I'm just saying God desires to gather sons and daughters that know him. Jesus said, this is eternal life. Eternal life is not existing forever. Everybody's going to exist. He says, this is eternal life, that you may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Not knowing stuff about him. not he, Kanye West, I, his, his number is in my cell phone. I don't know, but I know things about him. And many people are like that with God. They can tell you he created the earth. They can even tell you maybe he has a plan for their life, but they don't know him. When you sit with him, do you know him? Friends, and it's not just on Sunday morning. That's great. I'm just saying, get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going more into a depth, and he's not asking for five or six people to worship him. And I'm not saying you have to jump, because God sees your heart. I can be jumping and not thinking about him. Amen? Uh, but that's not the message. I'm just uh, That's just an encouragement. Praise and worship is not an event to him. It's not a warm-up. It is it. When we get to heaven, no one's going to care who preached what, what sermon. I'm not going to go to Reinhard Bunke and say, I loved your sermon. I'm going to Jesus. When we get to heaven, there's no prophecy, there's no tongues, there's no healings, because we won't need it. But we'll always have praise and worship. We will always have praise and worship forever and ever and ever and ever. No one's going to ask me, John, preach that sermon again. No one's going to care. People say, oh, I want to get to heaven. I'm going to ask God. That from when you get to heaven and see him, you're going to fall on your face. And your questions are going to end. You're going to know his love. Questions end. Things that matter on earth aren't going to matter. A few weeks ago, God spoke to us during worship about taking it back. Take, I'm going to hit that again. If you weren't here, uh, because it's a well. I'm not saying we're going deeper today. I'm saying we're going to get another drink. We're not going to move on. We see the sign, and it's, it's important that we recognize everything that was stolen. See, non-believers, they don't even know they were ripped off. But as believers, we need to take account. If your house was robbed, the first thing you do is call your insurance company. If you have insurance, and say, I was robbed, and they say, what was taken? You need to know what was taken. And they'll try to devalue the things. Okay, you had a TV, John, you bought three years ago. It was $1,000. It's worth 200 today. But when you look at heaven's insurance policy, friends, it's been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Oh, we see your policy is current paid, and he doesn't devalue anything. And everything we've lost, some of you have lost passion. Now, I never, I never go to churches without any gray hair. I like to see gray hair. I like to see wisdom. I love young people. You guys know I love you. When I go to Mexico, I speak to young people. But being passionate at 20 and 30 is not the same as being passionate at 50 and 60. When you went through the hell and the heartache and the church split and the divorce, do you still love him just as much? You can take it back. You don't have to just, oh, I remember, I remember when I used to, and I'm not telling you you to stay up all night. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about do you love Jesus just as much as you did because there's more, there's another level. I'm not trying to just get back to where I was. I'm trying to get, when I got saved at 13, I used to push my bike up the hill. I didn't, I didn't preach. I didn't prophesy. I didn't do anything, but I would sit in church. I'd sit, they call it the big church, right? So they'd exit all the kids, but I stayed in the big church. And then some things, if I say some things and you don't understand today, you have a choice. You can go look it up yourself or just say, I don't understand. Because I'd sit in church and listen to a man who was a, a great preacher, and if I didn't go, I'd go home and read it myself in my room and talk to God, and he'd speak to me. And he'll speak to you and show you different things, amen? So we're going to go back to the well of taking it back today. 
Because after that service, I started, because you can say taking it back, taking it back, but we need to know how. It's one thing that you want to, but it's another thing how. And a lot of times preaching is, especially for me, I, I do the big pictures and I don't usually break it down for bread. It's like taking a loaf of bread and breaking it down, but God wants me to break it down today. So I'm going to step out of my comfort zone, amen? So I asked, was asking God, I said, God, how do we take it back? It's great we want to, how do we? And I heard him say very clearly, change the filter. See, when God speaks, things run through a filter. Your past, your emotions, what the last pastor did, and what he pours in is not the same thing that comes out. This needs to be our filter. And he said, change the filter. Because he can speak, he can encourage, he can love, but when you start processing, we can, I could talk today about a loving father, but it's going to go to your filter of your dad and what he did and how he beat you and how he says you're not going to be worth anything, or how, you know, how you're just going to be average, and it goes through the filter, and then you get what's drinkable. But when he said change the filter, the filter he was specifically, I knew it was marked discouragement. And then the other filter was disappointed. And I want to focus on that filter of disappointed. Disappointed means sad or displeased because someone or something else has failed to fulfill one's hopes or expectations. But I want to break down disappointed, because this is the prefix, this means not. Like, disinterested, like some of you are right now. <laughs> disinterested, not interested. Disappointed, not appointed. What does appointed mean? By, through, or result of an appointment, often in contrast with elected. See, friends, your pet destiny was not elected by your parents. When I got saved at 13, God didn't ask my dad, can I send John to wars, which I'm getting ready to go back again. He, he, he put that, he already elected that. He, it, it was appointed. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the only election we need. He didn't ask your dad or your mom or your past or your history. If he's called you to make money and be in business, he didn't ask what your, what your dad or what your granddad did. It's over your life. Before the world was created, it was over your life. Your name was written. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He's the one that writes the plan, not man. Doesn't look at your gender, your country, your history. He just said, this is it. And how, how does he do that? I don't know. I don't know how he appoints those things, but he chooses. We don't pick. You may get a prophetic word. Man does not give you destiny. He can reveal it. When I first came here, I didn't really preach. And Lena says, you're a preacher. She didn't, she didn't call me a preacher. She said, I recognize what he's called you to be. There's a difference. I was in a church one time, and there was this man. He was in the bathroom washing his hands, washing his hands. He, was a, he was a missionary, great missionary. I go, how did you become a missionary? He goes, I was a businessman and a missionary years ago. He was an elder of the gym. He was a great, great missionary. And uh, he goes, I was going to write a check. And God says, no, 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 I want you to go. See, he didn't, you don't choose it. Just going to write another check, what he always did. One speaker says, no, God, I want you to go. Here's what I have for you before the foundation of the world. So appointed of a time, place, or before. So when you're disappointed, see, disappointment, the filters of disappointment, I'm not talking about I was disappointed in that. I'm not, I was disappointed in this. I'm talking about disappointed in life. And so disappointed, let me say it like this. Dis not, not appointed in your assigned position for the designated times and seasons set for you. That's what disappointing will do. Disappointment will do that. It'll, it'll move you from your appointed assigned position for the designated times and seasons set for you. Now, as believers, we know it's God. It's not coincidence. It's not luck. It's not, it's not karma. It's not everything they try to create to make it. God has assigned things for you. And when you are disappointed, you are not in that position to receive that. You're not in the position of faith, hope, life. And when it runs through those filters of disappointed, and I'm not talking about 
being disappointed in the past. I'm talking about having a life of disappointment on you. You Disappointment, you carry it. You wear it. Everything God speaks, taking it back. Because let me say, when it goes through the filter of disappointment, let me tell you some things it can say. It can say, I don't know, we'll see, which means I don't believe. And we, and we say it in our heart and we say it in our mind. It's like, we'll see about the revival. We'll see about the healing. Because someone, it could be in the area of healing. Someone's prayed for you a lot of times, long, long time. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. She went to many doctors. She spent all her money and she grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, she went behind him and touched him. See, we need not just hear about Jesus, but she went behind him and touched him. See, we're not here just to hear about Jesus. We're here to touch him and he's here to touch us. And in a moment, all those years, all that money, all the things. And we're going to look at two people like, and I'm going to talk about two people. Again, if you don't understand what I'm saying, you can go home and look at it. Or you can just say, I don't know what John's talking about. He's over my head. Elijah. Elijah was a prophet. Elijah was a prophet. Mark Carmel, all these great moves. And then all of a sudden, he's going to hear he's going to lose his life. He goes to a cave. And God goes to him in that cave. And he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And there's not an explanation point. God wasn't yelling. Because I got good news. If you're disappointed, God goes right to the place of disappointment. He's not over here going, I told you to get up. I wanted you to get up. I told you the sermon. You should get up. He goes right to your disappointment. Elijah, what are you doing here? Because he, he said, I want you to anoint two kings and Elisha. He, Elijah anointed Elisha after he was in the cave of disappointment. He just wanted to die. Doesn't matter how great the service, revivals, what you've done in the past. Some of us, we want some of this, our destiny and purpose. This is just dead. This is dead. I just want to die. And says, God says, what are you doing here? And he took him to the place of appointment. He went from disappointed back to appointed. He put him back at that position where he was appointed. He was no longer not out of his position. He anointed Elijah after that. He didn't just do great things. So God says, how about David? Ziglag, right? We'll recover. We'll recover all, right? Actually, God, all is italicized. God didn't say all. He says, you shall recover. Why did God say that? Now, later it says David recovered all. He recovered. So, you know, there's David running from Saul, had the, had the lion, had the bear. Ziglag, he comes back and at the camp. His wives are gone. Livestock's gone. Everything's gone. It's how they live. It'd be the same thing as your checkbook, your business, your wives and your family, and all his men, and they wanted to kill him. But the Bible says David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Notice it doesn't say he strengthened himself. Not about Tony Robbins saying, I'm great, positive commitment. I'm saying he strengthened himself in the Lord. What does he do? He reminded himself of all the things God did. God, you saved me from the lion. You saved me from the bear. You saved me from Saul. You saved me from Saul's spear. I, I'm anointed king. I know I'm going to be there. And he, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And then David inquired of the Lord, right? So the Amalekites took what was David's, and it also says they raided the Philistines. So they had the Philistine stuff too, not just what David lost. So when God says you shall recover, he was saying you shall recover everything I have appointed for you, even the things you do not know. So he recovered all. But when he went there, the Bible says, he, he, he's like, okay, he says, God says you shall recover. So he goes along and he sees this, this person that, that was sick that they put behind there to die. And David says, where is it? Because if you think about back then, this isn't like going through Houston and Sugarland and Stafford. There was desert and mountains. Like, where is it? So David pursued. So when, if we're going to recover all, we need to remind ourselves of every good thing God has already done in your life before you can recover all. It's not we're waiting for him to be good before I call him good. He's good before he does anything else. Right now, he's good. He's just as good. If he gave you anything else, he's just as good. It's why we praise. It's why we worship. 
Hannah washed her face and her countenance changed before she gave birth to Samuel because she knew that God was good and he was going to give her her request. Anybody can thank God after. I got a million dollars. Woo! I got, I got things restored. I, I, what the doctor said was canceled out. Friends, that's not the kind of people he's looking for. That's great. But he's looking for those that know God, that know their God, and they strengthen themselves in the God. Like, for me, I go back. I remember my brother. He was not saved, burning his arms, driving drunk on the sidewalk. God, I remember you saved him. You can save this person. And I pull that back. When people come to me and pray for this loved one, pray for this one. I have something. I strengthened myself in the Lord. When I had relatives call me, John, you don't know how bad your brother Jim is. No, I'm in my prayer closet. God's not telling me how bad Jim is. He's telling me how good he is and how merciful he is, and he win him. And, he, and I witnessed him many times, but he got saved all by himself in Turkey because God went to him. See, that you strengthen yourself in the Lord. Then you inquire, shall I pursue? God says, you shall pursue. Now, he didn't tell him how. See, when you say, I want to recover all, when you make that declaration, you position yourself to recover all. I want my passion that I had back. I want my love that I had back. I want the walls that are around my heart that I don't love as much. Before the church split, before they took their money, before this. And we have walls and filters. This needs to be our filter. What would we look like if everything God spoke, it didn't go through a filter? This week, if you're on the email, you received two links. Lena's teaching on soul trother and true freedom. Those are to remove the filters that we have that are bad emotions, our bad triggers, our bad things, so we can receive everything he has for us. So what he pours in is the same thing that will come out. So David went, the Bible says, and there they were, Malachites, they were, they were spread out over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. It wasn't just David's stuff, friends. So David took it, and he says, this is David's. He took it because God says, you shall restore. He has assigned. He had assigned him. He had appointed him. See, David was disappointed, went to God, strengthened himself in the Lord, pursued, and God put him back on the appointment. Because some appointments are temporary. He was in Ziglag for a temporary time. And then he took it all, and the Bible says... Now, when he came to Ziglag, he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah, to his friends, saying, here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of God. He didn't say from my stuff. So he not just recovered all, he recovered everything that God had for him. That's why God says you shall recover. Because, son, I have things assigned for you that you do not know. David just wanted his stuff back, but he got stuff that he didn't even gather. See, do you just want the money that was stolen, or do you want the health that was taken and the stress? Do you want the time you had tears? Do you want all that back too? Or are you good with just the money in your account? Do you want, now you don't trust people, do you want that trust back? Do you want it? He recovered, not just all things that he wasn't even thinking about God didn't say these sheep these and over 13 cities David shared with his spoil that's how much spoil there was now if you know something about David he was not uh, 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 selfish or greedy he never gave something that didn't cost him anything so when he gave her the spoil there was a lot he said this is David's and here friends this is this is from the enemies of the Lord all their men received their wives all their, their children nothing was harmed so it's not just recover everything you lost but everything that he has assigned for you and he shared over 13 places, multiple, because it says in the cities of, who knows how many cities? There they were all spread out. But who led him there? It was somebody who was sick. See, when you start to pursue, when you start to that, God will show you the way. But if you're waiting just for the money to come, if you're waiting just for the love to come, say, God, okay, I don't love as much as I did. I'm going to step back in the word. I don't care about revival as much as I did, God. I'm going to stop watching Netflix and start watching these old YouTube videos of the revivalists. Last night I watched a little Steve Hill. 
you know? There's things that have been missing from the earth because if it was all up to God, this earth would look very different. He's coming to you. And friends, the plan he has for your life was not a vote. It was not an election on your dad and mom. It was designed before you were even born. The problem is most people don't know it because they don't take the first step. Or they take the first step of salvation. Then we get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then we get pursued. So do you want to just pursue and recover or do you, all? Or do you want to recover everything he has assigned for you? Because he has much, much more. There's a revival appointed for the epicenter. And there's revivals because people would take revival out of here and go many places. It's not just in this house. It's other places. There'll be churches that started that maybe not have the name, may have the name, Epicenter Junior, I don't know. But it has their heart. It has their life. See, when I go to wars in Mexico, it's like Lena stands with me. It's like Easy stands with me. Everything that's poured into me is there. And so I, I love young people, but if, you're not, if you don't consider yourself so young, there's things valuable in you that God wants to draw out. It's not just to sit there and watch young people do stuff, friends. Elijah anointed Elisha, and Elisha did the double. But the Bible says the spirit of Elijah, not Elisha. Why is that? Why wasn't it the double? Because it was the man that plowed his spirit, not the one that just come along and got a mantle. The one that didn't give up, it's his spirit. Jesus said spirit of Elijah, not Elisha. We talk about double, double, double. Let me tell you something. If you're a pioneer, and if you, Courtney, can you please play for me? And if you don't want to quit, let me tell you something. There's a plowing and a field, and it's valuable. And if you consider yourself elderly in here, not old, let me tell you something. There's things God wants to do to plow. You're going to lay hands on young people. He just anointed them, and he did the double. And Elijah wasn't there, but Jesus said the spirit of Elijah, not Elisha. We talk about signs, wonders, and miracles. Where are those people that want to pour into the next generation and don't care about their name? They care about his name. So it's not just recover all. It's recover everything he has assigned for you. But you got to know what was taken. When you call the insurance company, what was taken? I don't know. Well, call me when you do, John. Call me when you do. I'll tell you what was taken. A TV. I'll tell you what was taken. A brand new car. I'll tell you what was taken. Oh, you have the, you have the replacement policy. The, the blood was, it was paid for the blood of Jesus, John. You're covered. You're covered. What about time? He's the redeemer of time. See, do you want just another relationship or do you want everything that was stolen in the last relationship, all the time, all your guarded heart, all your hurts, all your pains? Do you just want the money or do you just want what the money will do and multiply itself over and over? Do you just want the money or do you want to talk to a young person and say, look, I know you never had a business. Dad never had a business. You're poor, but I see business in you. Do you want to be Elijah or just Elisha? Do you just want to do the double or do you care about the next generation? Do you care? When I say generation, I'm your sons, your daughters, your people after you. He did double in the spirit of Elijah. And when Jesus was transfigured, it was not Elijah. It was not the man who did the double. It was the pioneer, Elijah. And he never lost his place. Because he went right there. See, the Holy Spirit's here to go right to your disappointment. And he's taking you from your disappointment to bring you to your appointment. And he's not sitting here waiting. When Peter denied him three times, Jesus was already here. See, Peter, when you, when you, after you deny me, strengthen your brethren. So I don't know what disappointment you've carried and what filters you're using, but the Holy Spirit's focusing on the one filter of disappointment. I don't know what appointments you're not walking in. Some of you are called to evangelize, but you don't talk about Jesus anymore. You're disappointed. You're out of your appointment. I'm talking, not talking about being sad. I'm not talking about you don't smile. I'm not talking about you don't laugh. I'm talking about your appointments from him. So Lord, I thank you every young person, every old person, Every new person, every member, you have appointments for us. 
disappointed, not in your appointed place, divine place. I thank you, God. We remove all disappointment from our lives. We give it to you. We put down the blame. Some of you need to call on the phone and forgive. Some of you need to write letters. Some, I don't know what steps you need to take to remove that disappointment from your life. Some wrong things need to be made right. But when you go to him, say, God, I want your appointments for my life. I want to recover. All you have for me, not just all I think I lost. There's some spouses that don't talk sweet to each other anymore. They let things get in between. You're, you're out of your appointment that he's called for you. And I'm not looking around the room. I'm not talking. I mean, single guys, it's easy to talk. But I know this. The Holy Spirit's coming. And he's coming with fire. And he's coming with fresh fire. And he wants to burn out every filter that we use when he pours in that it's not the same. What mom said, dad said, things we think growing up. Lord, I thank you for burning out. I thank you for sending fresh fire and burning out every filter we've held up to pour in. We'll see. We'll see. You know, at the end, Alan was talking about, he says, says, taking it back, right? Say, taking it back. He said, take back your praise. Take back your breakthrough. You got to take back your healing. Got to take back your gifting. You got to take back your words. Words that may you have spoken or words that God's have given you. Got to take back your anointing, your joy, your courage. We need to change the filter of disappointed. Not that you went through disappointment. Not that you were disappointed. That you carry disappointment. That you are disappointed. Everything that gets poured through. And Lena, during that time, Lena goes, I hear in the spirit people saying to themselves, nothing will change. That's a disappointed heart. Nothing will change. So, Lord, we declare today it will change. I thank you. David went back to Ziglag, that position, that assignment he had for him. He stayed for a little while until he went to the throne. Lord, I thank you. You have assignments for us. Some are temporary. Some are permanent, God. But we get back on our assignment. We get back on our assignment, God, that you have for us as a church, as a people. We get back on our assignment of loving others, passion, talking about you, caring about you. You know, the Jesus movement in the 70s was a great thing. And then one thing wanes, one thing. God, let us not be people that wane. Let us not be people that say, oh, I used to love God really back then. I used to care about healings really back then. Oh, I remember that movement back then. God, you're always ready to move. You're always ready to move. You went to Elijah in the cave. You went to David at Ziglag. You go to the place of disappointment to bring us back to the appointed times and seasons, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're washing over the whole world. Out of this place, we become missionaries because you're not just an American. You see other countries, God. You see other people. You know right where the hurt is. You know right when dad says you're not going to make it and mom didn't care and sexual abuse and physical abuse. You go right to those spots, God, and you're not waiting for people to stand up on, on their own. So we thank you for fresh fire, God, to burn out old filters. God, I thank you for revivals in schools in Fort Bend County and junior highs and high schools. I thank you for your spirit breaking out and kids going up to teachers and say, Mrs. Mrs. Graham, I see depression on you, and she's not even a believer. Let me just pray for you. And instantly the depression goes. God, I thank you for young kids stepping out. Mommy, mommy, mommy. 
God says you don't need depression pills anymore. Lord, I thank you for your spirit rolling through Fort Bend County. We are responsible for Fort Bend County. Jesus said in Jerusalem, this is our Jerusalem. Then we go to Samaria, then Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the earth. God, a revival will not be good unless there's a revival in Fort Bend County, God. So I thank you for the parents loving their children and seeing how they should be and restoring the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers, the hearts of the mothers to the daughters and the daughters to the mothers, God. I thank you for blessing marriages in this place, God. Every broken limb, every broken thing, we repro to bring the produce that you have called. God says, I desire godly offspring. Lord, we understand we're stewards. The children are not yours. Our spouses are not yours. You appointed destiny. Honey, I know you want to do this, but let's pray. What does God want you to do? There's some countries that people said it's too dangerous. Who were you asking? Who were you asking? Jesus didn't wait to come to earth when it was safe. Let me wait till the haters are gone. When they crucify, he went knowing he was going to die. So we go to our death, God. The death of how we think it should be. How we think it should be. I don't know. One of the, that's one of the greatest ways that will bring disappointment in your life. One of the greatest. It didn't happen like I thought. I remember I got a word one time from a prophet. He gave me a word. He goes, this is going to happen this year. Very accurate. I believed until the end of the year, December 31st, midnight. Oh, it didn't happen. I was so discouraged. But I knew one thing. It wasn't God's fault. Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to bring disappointment in life to disappointment against God. And that, my friends, is a wall you must break down. God, you did. No longer are you just accuser of the brethren. You're accuser of the creator. You didn't come through. We don't say it like that. We just carry it like that. Didn't get married when I want. Didn't get the money when I want. Didn't get the healing when I want. God, I thank you, Lord. We just rested at your feet, Jesus. God, we know it's never your fault. It's never your fault, God. People make choices, and you know they go left, and they when they should have went right. And I, I mean, I lived in Colorado Springs for two years out of the will of God. I just don't want that time back, friend. I want that time, what I would have been doing for God, multiplied times seven, because the Bible says when the thief gets caught, but you got to know when the thief gets caught. you got to say you're caught. When the thief gets caught, not when the thief steals. Many believers have things stolen from you. They're not as happy. You need to take account of your life. Let me take the list of what was stolen. Man, I used to have way more joy in Jesus than I do now. I used to be, oh, I used to love praise and worship. Now I'm like, oh, when's it going to be over? I'm not talking to any specific. Lord, I thank you for fresh fire and fresh wind and fresh oil. I thank you, God, for going to those places of disappointment when we're not appointed into our places. We're just living our life, going to get a job, going to get married, going to get a 401K, have two kids and a pet. God, I thank you. It's so much greater than that. Well, I will recover, yes, David. You will recover. But what you don't know, son, is I have things for you that are there. It's not here. Elijah, what are you doing here? I want you here. You're disappointed. You're not in your appointed position. I'm going to put you back into your appointed position. You're going to go anoint two kings, and you're going to go anoint Elijah, the man of the devil. He'll do double more than you, but he'll never take your place. He'll never take your place. And they were transfigured. Moses and Elijah, because we like the lights. Who does more? Who does greatest? But the greatest spot is at the feet of Jesus. So Lord, I thank you. We're going into a deeper place of worship and praise for you. And it's not just to belanger the services. It's just so we can know more of you. And the more we know of you, the more we'll want to praise and worship.
God, I thank you. We strengthen ourselves in you today. Every good thing you've done. That's first. That's the first thing David did. Before he asked God, he strengthened himself in the Lord. God, I thank you for saving me from the bear and the lion. I know it wasn't my strength. I know it wasn't my power. I thank you for killing Goliath. Friends, it wasn't you. It wasn't your wisdom. It wasn't your background. It wasn't your Bible college. It was the mercy of the Lord. See, David, before you were born, I appointed you king over Israel. And because I appointed you king, I've kept you. When the bear tried to kill you, I've kept you. When that sin tried to kill you, I've kept you. When that lion tried to kill you, I've kept you. When Goliath tried to kill you, I've kept you. And then when David was on the throne for Israel, then the Bible says, then he realized what it was for, the people of Israel's sake. A few minutes. If you need to go, you can go. But if you want, I'm not going to lay hands on anybody. But if you want, you know what, John? I am disappointed. I'm not saying I feel sad, I feel bad, but I'm not in my appointed place. Fully, I want to be. You can come to the front.